Well, as you see there in the video, we are in a wonderful Christmas series entitled White as Snow. And I want to get right into the message today that's simply entitled Jesus, our Redeemer. And so let's pray and get into the message. Father, we just come before you with humble hearts. Lord, we're so grateful for the gift of a Savior, Jesus. So grateful that you came to redeem us and help us today to grasp once again this beautiful truth of redemption. Father, may the Holy Spirit help us today to understand what really belongs to us in the redemption that you brought to us through Christ. Holy Spirit, just reveal things to every heart. And Lord, as you always do, you're so faithful to take this message that you placed in my heart and minister it individually to every person in such a way that it helps blesses, strengthens, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we get into this message, Jesus, our Redeemer, I want to take you back to the text for this series, and that text is found in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've said that in this passage, we see this beautiful truth. And the truth is how God responds to sin. Hmm. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've felt kind of judged. I've kind of felt like when I have done something wrong that I want to back away from God. Where does that come from? Because God here spoke to the nation of Israel. Israel had walked away from God. Israel was God's chosen people. He called her his children. And they were being so rebellious and disobedient. And what does God say? Let's not let anyone or anything else speak for God, but God himself. And God says to Israel, come. D did you get that? J just say the word come with me. Come. So, so what are you supposed to do when sin seems to have overpowered you or you find yourself in need of forgiveness, that there's something between you and God? You're supposed to come. God says, come, let's settle this. And then he makes this beautiful statement. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Now, notice he didn't say, after you have felt guilty for about three weeks, <laughs> come on, after you have been in sackcloth and ashes for 10 days. <laughs> no, he said, I will make your sins that are like scarlet, white as snow. We see here that God's response to sin is not judgment, it is forgiveness. That we could just say this right here in this Christmas season, that Christmas, the gift of a Savior, the gift of forgiveness is the perfect picture of God's response to our sin. Really, Christmas is all about how God responds to the sin of mankind. He offers salvation. And we said, oh, what joy 
when you come. But you got to come and you've got to receive the gift. And last week we talked about what kind of a gift Jesus was. In fact, we called it the miracle of Christmas. And the miracle of a Christmas is what we sang about earlier. It is Emmanuel, God with us. We got to respond to him like he is God because he is God. God put on flesh. That was the miracle of Christmas. And we said last week, God would not pass that responsibility off to anyone else, but he wanted to come himself. In fact, because Jesus was God, then it qualified him to pay for the penalty of our sins. Jesus was God with us. And he was able to pay the penalty for our sins because he was God. But how have we responded to him? Have we responded to him like he is God? Listen, God responded to our need. He came to save us. Our response should be to worship him. Mm, That's our response. Because he came for us. Now, let's talk today about Jesus, our Redeemer. Because you see, all of these pictures of Jesus are how God is going to take our sins that are scarlet. It's how he makes them white as snow through the Savior. And today, I want to look at Jesus, our Redeemer. I want to take you to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. This is the New International Version. And it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I I like the fact that the New Living Translation in verse 14 puts it this way. He says, Who purchased, Colossians 1, 14, Who purchased our freedom, and forgave our sins. Instead of using the word redemption, here the New Living Translation uses the word purchase. As our Redeemer, Jesus purchased our freedom. It is what a Redeemer does. Come on, Jesus purchased our freedom freedom. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. That's why we celebrate his name. That's why we praise his name. Mm. Wow. Jesus came to bring us redemption, to free us from sin's power. Oh, what a redeemer. Come on, you have been redeemed. Redemption has been offered to the world. I'm going to date myself here. But when I was little, there was such a thing as the green stamp store. Now, I know if you're laughing, it's because you're a little older, too. And I remember my tongue getting dry from licking all those green stamps to put them in those books. You know, today, really, what you have is you have Starbucks uh, points, and you have, you know, McDonald's points, all these other redemptions. Well, back then, it was green stamps. (laughs) But what you did is then you went and you redeemed them, but they weren't any good until you took them 
to the one who could give you their value. Well, come on, Jesus has redeemed you, but until you come and receive him, mm, because here's the truth, lights out, lights out. When Adam and Eve sinned in the very beginning, in the garden, when they disobeyed God, all of a sudden, the world became a very dark place. How many of you know it's dark out there? It's dark out there in the world. Such hate, such division, sickness, disease, loss. Well, sin separated man from God, mankind from God, when Adam and Eve sinned. In fact, we could simply say this. When they disobeyed God, sin began to rule. And when sin rules, now, now listen, when sin rules, the result is slavery. The result is men, women, boys, and girls become enslaved, or we could say dominated by sin's power. Know anybody addicted? Know anybody so fearful that it really hinders them from enjoying life? Know anybody struggling with inferiority and you wonder why can't they see how beautiful they really are? You wonder why the woman stays in abusive relationship? Why the man continues to go gamble when he knows that he's going to risk it all? Why, why, why do they do that? Sin's dominion. It's darkness. Sin held mankind captive. Darkness dominated. I'll get it out. Darkness dominated our lives. But I, I love these little words. But God. <laughs> Come on, but God. Sin ruled, but God stepped in. Aren't you glad when God steps in? Sin ruled, but God stepped in and sent a redeemer for mankind. His name is Jesus. <laughs> there is redemption in the name of Jesus. That means sin no longer has to dominate your life. You do not have to live in darkness, even though there is darkness in the world. Let me define for you the word redemption. The word redemption, just from Thayer's Greek dictionary, it literally means to redeem one by paying the price, liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. It means to buy back. Bottom line, Jesus paid the ransom so we could go free, so we could live free from sin's power. And listen, if we're all honest this morning, all of us at some point in our life have been dominated by sin or by a sin. Darkness will dominate our lives without the help of our Redeemer. Every one of us daily need His help to not only were we set free, but to continue to live free. And here's the good thing, is our Redeemer, Jesus also restores to us the, not only the freedom, but everything that was stolen. 
because of what we did when we were enslaved. Wow. All that was lost through sin. I want to go back to the Old Testament. Many of you are probably familiar with this story, but I want to go back and talk about the kinsman redeemer in the Old Testament. Now, many of you remember the story of Ruth and Naomi, how really Naomi and her family had moved away her husband. They had moved to Moab because there was a famine in Israel. But while they were in Moab, literally, they lost everything. They lost it all. Naomi lost her husband. Ruth lost her husband. Really, Naomi lost her three sons. And so then Ruth, her daughter-in-law, was out was without a home, without the ability to have a lineage. That was very important in that day. And the women couldn't own land in that day. But once her husband and her sons were gone, you know, Naomi moves back to Israel. And now she lives there with Ruth. Ruth went with her. And they're looking for a kinsman redeemer so that they can get back what was lost. There's a rich landowner who is a close relative. Naomi said, hey, Ruth, he's a close relative. He can be what in that day was called a kinsman redeemer. If if a woman lost her husband, then a relative could marry. And then once that marriage happened, then everything that she lost was restored through that kinsman redeemer. Boaz was a kinsman redeemer for them. Now there happened to be another relative who was a little closer than Boaz. But Ruth presents herself to Boaz and literally invites him to be her kinsman redeemer through her actions one night. And then here's how he responds to her. Ruth 3.13, stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. You know what? She could go to sleep because she knew that her Redeemer was coming. Come on. She had suffered a lot of loss. Ruth had lost it all, but she could see the light at the end of the tunnel, even in the midst of lost. Why? Because she had a redeemer, and that kinsman redeemer is a picture of what Jesus did for us. Sin brought so much loss into our lives. I mean, we can look in the world, we can look in relationships and see how much loss has happened because of sin. Oh, but our redeemer... Come on. Now, here's the wonderful thing. Boaz said, if he won't redeem you, if this other relative won't, and he did not want to redeem Ruth, he said, I will. I will. Come on. Jesus willingly stepped forward to redeem us, to pay the ransom for us. You know why that other relative didn't want to redeem Ruth? Because once he redeemed her, then everything he had belonged to Ruth. Listen, Jesus gave his all for us, but he willingly, come on, he willingly stepped forward and said, I will go and I will redeem them. God coming to earth. Wow. Let me just define for you this Hebrew word there that's used of Boaz. 
It's the Hebrew word ge'al, and it literally refers to the redeemer, the individual who redeems, kinsman, redeemer. That's what Boaz was. He was the kinsman, the individual, the person that went and redeemed. Jesus is our person. Yeah, I don't know if people use that today. They say, who's your person? Come on, Jesus is our person. He's our kinsman redeemer. He has bought back all that we had lost. Ruth was held captive by her circumstances. Circumstances that she could not overcome. She could not enjoy life at a certain level. The peace, the joy, the provision, but God. Come on, same with us. Come on, there's things that we could never have. Peace we could never experience. Joy that could never be ours, but Jesus. Come on, we've got a kinsman redeemer who willingly stepped up and paid the price for us. Can I say this? Because I realize that the longer we live in this world, probably the more loss we experience. This even just the loss of a loved one. We know if our loved ones know Jesus, they're not lost. But we kind of get lost without them. There's loss, maybe financial loss. Things happen in the world. Other relationship losses. But I want to remind you of this. Regardless of the weight of our loss, our Redeemer can restore all that was lost. A divorce brings about loss, but our Redeemer. Now, does that mean that, or let me say it this way, that doesn't always mean that that particular relationship will be restored because people are involved. And God does not force people to do something but what our redeemer what does is he will restore the peace the joy the security that we may have been receiving from him in that relationship i remember one time i was just talking to the lord because as pastor as you can imagine um actually we're coming up in 2023 we're coming up as a church on our 25th year anniversary I'm so excited to celebrate that. And so having been a pastor now and leading a church, I was in ministry before that, but having led a church for 25 years, in those 25 years, I've walked with some people through some pretty tough moments. And I remember one time, you know, I just felt like someone got cheated when their loved one went home way too early. And I remember talking to the Lord about it and saying, Lord, that just shouldn't have been. They had more life to live, and the wife was the one that was still here. And I just really felt like the Lord said, number one, I'll restore in this life. But then also, Jane, don't forget, I have all eternity to make it up to her. Come on. Come on, all eternity to make it up. He'll bring you peace and joy in this world, but we've got all eternity. Listen, Job said this in the midst of his loss, Job 19.25. He said, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last. Even when he didn't understand why all the loss had occurred, what did he declare? 
same thing you and I need to be able to declare and worship to him. And when loss happens, we can stand up and we can declare, I know, come on, I know that my Redeemer lives. Wow. He will pay us back. He will set us free. Christmas is a time to celebrate Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, the one who stepped forward to redeem us. He assures us that we can recover all that is lost. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to take you just as we continue to study this redeemer with the last bit of time here the second half of this message i want to share with you four greek words that all are used in the bible to define redeemer now in english we just have one word redeem and then we have all the forms of that not so in greek they have four separate words that are all defined redeemed, redemption, but four separate. I believe the Holy Spirit chose each one of these words because each one of them reveals to us something our Redeemer did. So I want to share these words with you. Here's the first word. Number one is the Greek word agorezo. And it literally means to be in the marketplace to do business there. Now, what marketplace is it referring to? This Greek word is referring to the place of slavery, the marketplace where slaves were bought and sold. And this word agorezo is used in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Listen to this. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Now, just a little side note, I'm going to be there that day. You and I, we're going to be one of those people that are standing there, one of those that he has ransomed, that he redeemed. But this is that word, agorezo, to go to the marketplace of slavery and to do business there. We are celebrating Jesus, who is the only one who was worthy, who could pay the penalty to buy us from slavery to sin. But it's this way, Jesus is the only one who could go into the marketplace of slavery. He's the only one who could redeem us, who could pay what was necessary to redeem us. I'm glad our Savior was willing to go into the marketplace of slavery to do business there. Now, slavery is such a dark subject. Sometimes it can even be difficult to talk about. It's indicative of darkness. God never intended for any person to be a slave of any other human being. Never intended that. It was dark days in our nation when we allowed slavery, and it's dark days in other nations who have allowed slavery. Hmm. But I want to talk for just a moment about the biblical days so that you really get a picture of the slave market, even though it's a little hard to hear. But this marketplace that was being defined 
the people here who came and were put up on, they literally, they were put up on an auction block and sold as slaves. And often they were treated so cruelly. They were told to open their mouth and people would inspect their teeth. And then they were allowed, the people who were purchasing these other people, they were allowed to slap them, to mock them, to see what their temperament was. That was the excuse. And then for some of the men, they were even allowed to whip them to see if they could endure like 20 lashes, see if they could hold up under it. Can I tell you this? Jesus, as our Redeemer, left heaven and entered the marketplace of slaves. He was treated like a slave. He was beaten, mocked, and scourged to redeem us. To do business there, he had to be treated like a slave for us. Even some of the young women and girls were told to disrobe. Philippians tells us our Savior disrobed. Not only did they take his robes before he was crucified, but before they ever took them, and actually he gave them, before they ever took them, long before that, Philippians tells us that he laid aside his glory so he could come for us. Wow. Oh, what a redeemer we have. One who is willing to lay aside his glory. Now, can we just be practical here? Some of us don't want to lay aside our prominence or our money or our to do anything for anybody. Come on. He was God. He, he didn't need us. But he loved us. And he came for us. He came into that slave market to do business. Wow. I'm going to go to the second word. And this second word is really actually a form of the first. But it's exagorezo. And it literally means out of the marketplace for slaves or to rescue from loss. Now, obviously, this word is the word agorezo, but it has that X prefix in front of it, which really means out. So one of them, Jesus came to do business into the marketplace, but this means to come out. He took us out of the marketplace. This is found, this word is found in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Jesus took our place. He paid the debt we owed. We couldn't get out until he came in and paid the debt that we could not owe. I love that old song. You know, maybe some of you know it. We used to sing it years ago. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. Oh, come on. Aren't you glad? He came and he got us out and it cost him everything. Jesus, listen, this is what he did by taking this curse of sin. Jesus took us off the slave auction block of sin 
forever. <laughs> Come on. You don't have to be under the dominion of sin any longer. The Bible tells us we were sold under sin. Romans 6, you know, Romans 3, we were enslaved by sin. The truth is, all of us at some point have been in bondage to sin. A sin that we could not overcome. I'm not telling you what mine was. C come on, are, are you with me? Seems like we struggle with this one sin. And maybe we were sold out by our family. Maybe it's an addiction that came down through our family. Maybe it's as the result of someone else's sin or abuse toward us. Now that slave, that pain has made us Captive, And we can't seem to get healed. We can't seem to have the peace. We can't seem to handle our finances right. We just have this spirit of poverty about us. We have this inferiority. We always feel like we're never enough. Or we keep going back to the drink or back to the bottle. Come on. And why can't we get free from that sin? All of us at one point or another. The enemy sold us out. But I'm here to announce good news. Jesus came to redeem us. He redeemed us from the sin that enslaved us. We no longer have to be, we no longer have to be dominated by any sin. Come on. Jesus redeemed us. Now, it may take a while for you to overcome. You've got to build your faith in him. But I'm here to announce today, it doesn't have to be the same all, same all. Your future is bright because Jesus came and redeemed you, set you free from the power of sin. Let's get to the third word. It's the word litrosis. And this one means the full payment of a slave, the ransom paid. And what this is referring to is it's referring to what the person would have to pay to purchase that slave. So now that slave belongs to them. And this is found, this word, litrosis, is found in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. You ready? It says, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Come on. Jesus had what it took to purchase us. Wow. I like what Pastor Robert Moore says. He says, the highest price that was ever paid was for you and me, the very life of God. Come on. It was paid for you, for me, so we could be free, so we didn't have to be bound by that sin. Jesus paid our debt of sin. We are debt-free. His sacrifice was enough. Listen, some of you need to hear that this morning. The sacrifice of Jesus was enough. You can overcome. You don't have to be led down that road of destruction anymore. There is a way out because your Redeemer came and he has released you. 
Some of you, it's just releasing you from worry about the future, worry, anxiety, fear. Hmm. No longer. I'm telling you, I have felt trapped in my life before. I've felt like, God, will this ever change? And not, will this ever change? Will I ever change? But I have to keep my faith in my Redeemer. I have to remember that His sacrifice was enough. Let's get to the fourth word. This fourth word is a polytrosis. And it literally means the full payment of a slave's freedom. Now, you're not just purchasing the slave. You're paying so that slave can have their freedom. And here's where this word is found. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You don't just buy the slave, but you pay what is necessary for the slave's freedom. And that's what Jesus did. That word there, apo, the little prefix, it means to return to its original state. And what God did, not only was Jesus enough to purchase us, not only was he had paid enough to set us free, but he returned us to our original state, which now we are sons and daughters of God because of his redemption. Come on. Jesus paid the full price to set us free. We are now free to be sons and daughters. We are in the family once again. Mm. Mm. Jesus restored the broken relationship we have with God so we can be sons and daughters. Let me wrap this up this morning with a quick story. Uh, I'll be kind of quick with this, but I want you to see this. The story of redemption and what Jesus did, what God did by sending a redeemer is found in the book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet that was told to go and marry a prostitute. And he was told to marry this prostitute as an illustration of God's love for Israel. Even though Israel was committing adultery on God, God said, I want her to know that I still love her. So why? So she'll come back. Well, after Hosea bought, went out and married Gomer, brought her in they had children she went back out and in those days she went out she became a prostitute again men would use her up then they would put her back on the slave block and sell her again after a while you get sold so many times nobody wants you but one day God said to Hosea go back or go buy her back again Hosea chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 then the Lord said to me Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord will, still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So I bought, this is then Hosea saying, so I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushes of barley and a measure of wine. The message Bible says, I paid good money to get her back. Can you imagine now Gomer's on the auction block again? She's been used up. No one wants her except for from the back of the crowd. Hosea says, I'll take her. Come on, I'll take her. Come, come I'll take her. That's what God did for you and for me. 
The devil has run so many lives, but God stands up. Jesus is in the back room saying, if they'll come, I'll take them. I'll take them. I've paid the price. I'll pay what it takes. I am their redeemer. I will buy them back. I will love them again. Let me just put it this way as we close. God decided to buy us back when he sent Christ. He was willing to pay the price of his son to redeem us. Mm. Here's what we know. Jesus, our Redeemer, is God's love poured out. Merry Christmas. Come on, that's what we're celebrating this Christmas season. I don't have time. Can you just put up really quickly as we close? Can you put up that slide with the four words? These are the four Greek words we studied today. Agorezo, to do business in the marketplace. Exagorezo, out of the marketplace, the three and four. Lytrosis, the payment. And alopetrosis, the full payment. That's the picture of our Redeemer and what he did for us. And at Christmas, we celebrate our Redeemer and our redemption. Did you get something out of that this morning? I pray that you did.